this is The Pool, I'm Rain Coleman, your host, and this is episode 7. Alright, episode 7, live in effect, I'm back, and in your faces, and in your ear holes, uh, this is your boy Rain Coleman coming to you off the mic, <laughs> um, we're back again this week with another installment of The Pool, and I am very happily excited to jump into one of the biggest news stories of the summer insecure season two coming out i cannot freaking wait um received the text from my homegirl and uh <laughs> needless to say we're both very excited uh Issa Rae fans and uh she loved the the trailer about as much as i did if not more so um i don't know here's talisa <laughs> say hi everybody I just seen the Insecure trailer. Oh, my God. Nigga, it's about to go down. Team Issa all day. I texted to your phone. You better look at it. Rewind it. Look at it again. I sent it to my grandma. I hope she look at it, but I don't know if she watches Insecure. But, oh, well, we going all day, all summer long. It is Issa's time to shine. I'm so excited. I can't wait. Make sure you text me and let me know what you thought. Love you. Bye. This team Issa all day, all summer long. Thanks to Lisa. Um, yeah, so all in all, if you ain't seen that trailer, man, get on it. Hop on over to your uh, friendly neighborhood timeline <laughs> and figure out what the hell is going on, what all the fuss is about. Uh, next up is the magnificent DC Comics coming through with the box set. Um, apparently, it has been recorded that DC Comics will take every DC original movie, uh, animated movie, and put it in a uh, collective box set. This is should be coming out in November, I believe November 7th or 8th, just in time, of course, for Christmas shopping and Christmas Hanukkah Kwanzaa and whatever else you celebrate. I'm looking forward to it mainly because if DC does nothing well, they do animated series well. Um, and this collects everything from Superman Doomsday, Justice League The New Frontier, Batman Gotham Knight, Wonder Woman Commemorative Edition, all the way down to like uh, Batman The Killing Joke, Justice League Dark, Teen Titans The Judas Contract, Batman and Harley Quinn. Like this is a full on massive ass set of uh of movies and i'm trying to see because i don't see a price here but i figure 70 dollars <laughs> i don't know maybe that's too steep maybe that's uh, not enough i don't know but this is a, a good little set especially if you are interested in comics and you know someone who is or is not or you want to get them into it if nothing else like i said dc does these animated movies great well bigly hugely um oh also speaking of i just went to see the wonder woman movie yes i'm a day late and a dollar short maybe a few months late and a few dollars short but all in all good movie i had my issues with it but again this may be the i don't know savior of the dc extended universe um i got a lot of religious vibes towards the end or maybe it was me just dealing with my own stuff and putting it on this movie but I got a lot of God, Satan, Jesus vibes or whatever um, the action it's wonderful if you have not seen this movie and you deliberately haven't seen it because you don't want to or you don't think it'll be good 
mm, but you like action, this is the movie to see. These women were kicking ass and taking names later. Like, that's one thing that I enjoy. Aside from the plot and Gal, Gal Gadot, 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 um, pretty good movie. Um, again, like I said, I have my little issues with it, but I'm not going to be the party pooper. This was a really good film, and uh, I'm glad it was made, I guess. Uh, it's been this coming from someone who's not a Wonder Woman fan. So, um, if you're out there and you're a major Wonder Woman fan and you feel like this movie was trash or you thought it was great too, you know, hit me up, Carefree Blurred. I'm always here to listen. Um, next up, we have The Inhumans. Marvel is doing their damn thing. Uh, The Inhumans trailer just dropped. Sooner or later, the humans are going to find us up here. You should have known this day was coming. Are we supposed to follow our king and remain as silent as he is? We need to go to Earth now. We've been hiding here too long. Let's go to our rightful home. If we were on Earth, we would have a glorious planet to live on, thrive on. You're talking about betraying your brother. You're talking about treason. You're blind to his intentions. Right or wrong, he's dangerous. What I'm talking about is freedom. Freedom for all inhumans. Are you going to use your voice to kill your only brother? Stop it! We will not let anyone or anything stop us. Nothing can keep us from being free. And this trailer, of course, is showing the royal family and Medusa and Black Bolt and everybody else under the sun, Crystal and all of them. Um, looks good looks interesting i know the first two episodes will premiere in imax on september 1st um which is great it looks like it will translate well i'm not a big inhumans fan i did not know anything about them until you know this last couple reboots and whatever of um marvel where they've been infused into the main lines a little bit more you have the uncanny inhumans and all the other stuff and then you have um agents of shield where inhumans play a big role in there but um i'm not psyched about it uh one of my i don't want to say one of my favorite actors but a a very um familiar face to me and I forget his name, but he played in Misfits, one of my all-time favorite superhero sci-fi-esque shows. Um, he's in there as Black Bolt's brother. Um, all in all, pretty good-looking film, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they have going on. Uh, so if you're somewhere around the movie theater on September 1st, I said pick you up a ticket. I'd be interested to see what an inhuman fan base looks like in public, uh, because, of course, I grew up, a mutant fan, X-Men fan, and all that, and I know Inhumans have people who read their stories, uh, so I'd like to see what those look like, do they come out in droves, and do they wear cosplay, and all that stuff, so, um, yeah, that's that, so, hit you back up right after this little break. Last year, you got the renegade 
first up on the list, X-Men Blue, issue six, uh, fantabulous issue, writer of course, Cullen Bunn, artist Ray Anthony Height and Ramon Bach, inkers Mark Deering and Terry Pellot, colorist Irma Naviga, I'm not good, oof, I butchered that, um, and cover artist Arthur Adams and Peter Strigwald, 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 um, this was pretty good, this was a, a one-shot, which, uh, it's almost surprised we're even having these anymore in the day and age of the six issues equal one trade, um, this picks up with the X-Men, the displaced five X-Men in, um, Madripoor, being led by Magneto, who's also their former enemy, uh, Let's see, we also have <laughs> our very own Wolverine on the team, who is another time-displaced character of sorts. He is Jimmy Hudson, son of Wolverine from another universe. So we do have our original... Fi- it's, I don't know, this is like a nostalgia remix book. Um, what I like about this issue is that, one, it is a one-shot, and two, you don't have to know about anything that's going on up until this point. There are one or two little references like in conversation or dialogue boxes that would maybe lead you to want to know what happened up until this point. But all in all, it's just a nice little book, nice little story. Uh, Jean Grey is bored in Madripoor watching what appears to be their very own 4th of July festival. Uh, She goes to talk to Scott to see if he wants to go out with her. Of course, he's in the danger room style combat room training with Magneto so she moves on to who else Jimmy Hudson now I've been reading X-Men Blue but apparently I haven't been paying much attention because it seems like there is maybe a little love triangle ish feeling going on with the time displaced X-Men and the new Wolverine who is Jimmy Hudson if that's the case, it seems to be kind of lazy because we already had that uh, Jean Grey Cyclops Wolverine love triangle like for eons. It seemed like it never would stop, and it stopped after the girl died. <laughs> so um, I'm kind of over that. So I'm hoping I'm just reading too much into this because she invites Jimmy Hudson to go out with her, and he kind of not necessarily brushes her off, but he defers to Scott Summers still being in training with Magneto almost to say yeah I know I'm your second choice um the artwork is simply amazing I enjoy it I enjoy the hmm, well yeah I do enjoy it the kids look like kids um with the exception of Beast who by his own genetic mutation looks like a 35 year old muscle bound man but I'm fine with that Jean, I'm gonna say she's a little top heavy. I guess it's all—I don't know, cause I don't even know how old she is. I don't know if she's 16, 17, 18, 14. Like I'm not sure. I will assume 17-ish, um, but I don't know for sure. All in all, all this happens, and the story kind of picks up with Jean, Jimmy, and Hank. Going out, doing karaoke, eating dumplings, just having a good time in Madripoor, which is Marvel's catch-all Asian nation. And Jimmy smells something familiar. Turns out to be mutant growth hormone that uh, some humans, I assume, are peddling. 
and no sooner does Jimmy try to jump in and stop them but this new dark colored dressed excuse me group of Asian superheroes I guess jumps out and whoops some ass in the midst of it Jimmy stops them like no you know you, there are the bad guys I know but we can't kill them and that's the issue I have with X-Men if we're appealing to kids then okay I kind of get it but with the state of the world being as it is and us having all these bodies piling up on top of each other um, and no one being arrested or held accountable it seems like in fantasy where you can let loose and do whatever you want to make up your own rules it should be allowed that these people do kill I don't see how these this Asian superhero Avengers style group they um confront the X or are confronted by the X-Men and you know, get into a big battle only to realize that when Jimmy Hudson pulls his claws out that he I don't know reminds the leader of the Rakasha which is the group um that of the, the the guy they fight for who is Patch aka Wolverine whatever it's convoluted it's it makes sense on the pages it doesn't really matter to explain it what I don't like is that the X-Men are stopping these fools from killing people they're attacking these humans or mutant types or whatever for selling mutant growth hormone which had to be extracted from a living mutant so you've either kidnapped killed or held hostage some mutants to get this hormone from to even sell you know the black market they're doing they're in their own country they're doing what they feel like needs to be done because somebody has done their people wrong and yet you stop them from killing them and like oh what about due process and what about the judicial system this and the third I'm thinking like motherfucker you can read my mind Gene Gray you can knock me over with a, a mere thought Jimmy Hudson can pull claws out of his forearm fist and heal rapidly and Hank McCoy you have the endurance and physicality of a beast you mean to tell me we not about to man I don't need no mutant powers cause ain't no way you going around killing my people and I'm doing nothing about it and I have the ability to at least intervene <laughs> gone uh, so they make nice and they're all friendly and it's 10 and 3rd and I try not to spoil the ending of these books but there is an ending which is pretty much Jean Grey being the Ugh, whatever fool she is and she's like oh you know you guys are a super team but you know you gotta have standards and of course the Rakasha is like super team I don't, we don't like that term but whatever Jean Grey goes on to say but you follow the teachings of Wolverine or Patch or whoever and he was taught by Charles and says such, mm, Wolverine was Wolverine well before Charles came into the mix um and she says uh you said yourself that we need to be better prepared for what's ahead of us so can you teach us to be ninjas and it's like what the hell what so I only leads me to assume that X-Men Blue at least by issue I don't know 8 the uh, rest of the X-Men will be full fledged ninjas on top of whatever other powers they already have it's like I don't know I don't know I'm trying to hang in there I don't I like this book but for me it's just like eh, it's an X-Men book let me pull it off the shelves there's nothing 
making me run to the store, you know, every month to say, oh, this is the book I want. I'm trying to give it a chance to, and I'm trying to let, I mean, maybe a couple more issues build up and then read it again, start to current, and see how I feel after that. Because as of right now, it's kind of take it or leave it for me. There's not one character of color, which... If you're going to redo the X-Men, do all these damn reboots and X, Y, and Z and whatever, and then you bring the time-displaced X-Men to the future, and then you put a Wolverine on the team, it's like, how can we follow all these rules that were set in place in the 60s, have this five-person team, and bring in the wild-card Wolverine, and they're going on all these little adventures, but there's no color on this team. You're led by Magneto, who was also a white man, when you're splitting hairs and you're talking about, oh, he's Jewish and this, then I, I could care less about that. He's still a white male. You have these five white people and then six white person who you've brought from an alternate universe. And we just have a blonde hair, blue eyed book that honestly, I am going to give one or two more issues, but I might be saying fuck it. And for you to be in Madripoor, I guess unless these Asian heroes are appearing more and not just as the magical Asian like the magical Negro who's just here to give you these magical powers that you can use to go on and further your story then I'm, I don't know that I'll be reading this any further so as of right now issue 6 it's a one shot I like that about it but I just say if you like X-Men pick it up <laughs> next up on the list the Mighty Defenders was just the defenders I added the mighty um, Daredevil Luke Cage Jessica Jones and Iron Fist this is issue number two of course the defenders book is coming out because we have the defenders series on Netflix coming out pretty soon um, I have the first issue I seem to have misplaced it and I did not read it <laughs> so I'm jumping in head first into issue two now I was going to be like oh I'm stressing I need to find number one but I thought about it if I can pick up issue number two and understand the story, not be confused, uh, but be left feeling like I want to read number one, then they did a good job with this book. Defenders, uh, writer Brian Michael Bendis, ugh, artist David Marquez, color artist Justin Ponzer, letterer V.C.'s Corey Petit. Petit? I think I said that right. Cover artist David Marquez and Justin Ponsner. And variant cover artist Simone Bicchiani. I don't think I have a um, variant cover. This looks like the original. Uh, so, okay, the official, whatever. So, um, first page, kind of a splash page, and I'm caught up right away through the uh, uh, Daily Bugle reporter Ben Urich, who will know in. Um, from Daredevil was played by a black man who was killed off and his job was given to a less than qualified white woman who had nothing but being nosy on her resume to qualify her to take his job and his office and a salary okay I have thoughts apparently um we open up to Jessica Jones running into a night medical center where Luke Cage is poisoned because Diamondback is resurrected and taking his Revenge on Luke Cage. Uh, the defenders are together. Linda Carter, the night nurse, pops up. Um, I don't know what that's about. Um, but she's 
pretty much we're kind of following some of the storyline from the Luke Cage series. Diamondback poisons Luke Cage because, of course, he can't be stabbed or shot. Um, and if you were kind of on the fence about this book and about Bendis and the way he writes and develops stories, I'll say there's a surprise guest who, spoiler alert, is Blade. Uh, he shows up and gives helps out, I'll say that. And uh, it's a nice little cameo by him. Uh, let's see what else. Kingpin. I meant to start reading the Kingpin series. I didn't know if it was good or not, but I'm like, I'm, I'm a sucker for villains. I do like villains. So let me pick his up and see what's going on. I failed to do that. Looked on the shelves and saw that Kingpin is also in Doctor Strange. And then he's not the Kingpin, but he took a step down and there's some other stuff going on. I don't know what it is. I don't even know where to start. Um, I know there's a Kingpin series, but he's still tied into these other books, which a Kingpin and Doctor Strange for me is weird because those are two characters I would never really, I guess, see being together. Um, be they adversaries or partners, I don't see it. So I may go back, or if you're listening and you've been keeping up with Kingpin and where he falls in the Marvel Universe right now, please tweet me, Carefree Blurred, um, and and let me know what's going on, because I like him, um, I don't know if I like him enough to go back and pick up all those copies, but he has an appearance in here as well with Danny Rand, who looks like every other blonde-haired, blue-eyed white man, so when he popped up on panel before his name was said I didn't know who the fuck this was I honestly halfway thought it was Archangel even though this is a Defenders book I it didn't click in my head that this is Danny Rand like I ugh, I just I don't know maybe the Netflix series has kind of soured him for me but whatever um I'll say the art David Marquez kudos to you my man um the art is simply magnificent like looking at uh Diamondback a black man, a villain, who looks like a black man with hair now. He's not just a black man with a bald head because it's easy to draw or with a fade that every other black man or man of color gets in these books. Like he has the, he has the look. Is it Pantene? Is it Covergirl? Is it what? <laughs> no, this this is really good. So I'm um I'm here for the artwork. I will say. No matter what you think about the Defenders or Brian Michael Bendis and his writing, I think the cover, the cover, the artwork alone is worth the price of admission. Like this, um, the uh, the story is good, and I won't take anything away from that. I'm enjoying it. It makes me want to pick up the first issue and see how we got here. But the artwork is what's going to keep me picking up this book, even if I find myself kind of taken out of it. There's a um, a scene that's drawn with Daredevil attacking all these goons and not not realizing what was happening I didn't know what was happening <laughs> I know that makes no sense but this page um, they really conveyed that one of these folks is getting their ass beat and then how uh, t- <laughs> I don't know I'm getting a little tongue tied but it's it's very Marquez did his job, and he did it well. Like, it was very cinematic in the way that this was drawn, um, and then even flowing into the next page. So, again, the artwork alone is worth 
the book. Um, and then if you like any of these characters, I say go for it. The end is something that I think Marvel fans outside of people like me who kind of grew up just with the mutants, but people who grew up with like Avengers and Daredevil and Spider-Man and all that, they'll probably get this a little more. Um, I don't want to spoil it. Um, our three heroes, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, and Iron Fist are shot. Uh, I'll say that much. Spoiler alert, that's a little bit too much. But it's who they're shot by. And I guess kind of why, which is a big deal. But I don't get it. I'm sure it says to be continued, so it'll pick up in the third. And it'll probably make more sense there. But for those of you who are Marvel fans outside of the mutant side of things, this will probably be right up your alley. And then also there's a little treat in the back. Daredevil, the hero I need. The Pulse magazine is back, and um, Joe Robertson, editor in chief, has a, mm, I guess, a little spread on Daredevil. Now, I'm not sure if this is in every issue, like if the first issue of Defenders had this, but if so, I think it's a really good idea, considering Jessica Jones used to work for the Pulse, and the Pulse is kind of a staple, a new staple. Whereas, like, the Daily Bugle has been around for eons and eons. So that's that. The Defenders, I recommend picking that up right away. And last but not least, I have IDW publishing the clue <laughs> of all things. The old board game that everyone grew to love that had its own um, movie and, I want to say series, but I could be wrong. Clue. Uh, I went to pick up my books this week, and I saw this sitting amongst the rest of everything because you know everything is turned into a book now even tv shows are turned into comic books and old movies are turned into comic books and different intellectual properties that nothing is happening with is turned into comic books and um hell action figures so i said hell what the hell um i went skim through it and i have not read this yet at the time of this recording uh the sole reason i picked it up is because i turned to maybe the second page and Detective Ochi, Professor Plum, Colonel Mustard, Senator White. They're all black. Uh, Dr. Orchid is Asian. And I want to say Mr. Green may be Asian. And I'm flipping through the pages. Even now, I haven't read it. And the artwork is simply amazing as well. Um, this is written by Paul Allure. Art by Nelson Daniel. Letters by Neil ooh, Neil Uyataki. I'll say that Uyataki. U y e t a k e. Um, and this is just—it's simply amazing. Like I don't—I really don't have words for it. I'm still adding this into the pool, and I recommend everyone pick it up, even though I have not read it yet. It's just the fact that representation is the name of the game, and Clue has it consistently in this book now when I actually read through <laughs> I'll report somewhere on my Twitter timeline but uh clue IDW you did your damn thing so um yeah that's it that's pretty much uh all we have for you today oh I also picked up X-Men the Mutant Massacre since I finished God Loves Man Kills and thoroughly enjoyed that I figured why go chronologically with picking up X-Men titles when I can just go and pick up I don't know full stories read through those and see what's what 
So this is officially it. So thank you all for listening to The Pool. The Pool is a show on the Carefree Black Nerd Network. Thank you all for listening. Uh, make sure to tweet me any comments, questions, concerns, books that I'm not reading that I should be. Use the hashtag CBNPod. Uh, tweet me at Twitter at Carefree Blurred. Uh, Instagram and everything else at Carefree Black Nerd. So, uh, see y'all next time for the next installment of The Pool.